I was burning out and I realized not because of, of the actual work, like the work was fairly enjoyable, but it was more the other stuff, you know, the administrative stuff, the notes, the tasks, the insurance forms, the disability letters. And so, you know, there has to be a way, <laughs> but actually getting in front of doctors is hard. And then uh, just the education piece as well. Uh, I think a lot of us are so used to how we work that sometimes changing that, even if we're the better, can be a bit challenging. The whole healthcare industry is going to change dramatically in the next couple of years. To chronic disease management and the preventative aspect of care. AI can now understand the key clinical concepts of what's being verbalized in healthcare. Welcome to Cherry Live. I'm Dr. Jordan Valraff, physician, entrepreneur, and chief medical officer for Cherry Health. We're talking about Canadian healthcare. Join us as we speak to innovators, industry leaders, and people working to drive the health system forward. All right, so today we're joined by Dr. Zahir Malo, family physician and serial entrepreneur. He's the founder of Hello Mental Health, a virtual mental health counseling service here in Alberta, and most recently the co-founder of Scribeberry, which is an artificial intelligence scribe and medical documentation tool geared at physicians. Dr. Malo, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. So you got your hand in a lot of different things. What did your week actually look like in terms of like hours? Are you running businesses? Are you seeing yeah. patients? What does it actually look like? Uh, that's a good question. Nobody ever asks me. So like in terms of my week, I, I do uh, like part-time work at Hello Mental Health. And so that probably takes up maybe around like 25 hours of my time. Uh, but being in virtual, you know, it's it's a little bit less administration heavy, so it, which helps. And then the rest of the time is really dedicated to Scribeberry. Um, and um, sometimes it's a bit more one way or the other. Um, and then I try to keep as much free time as possible, which is actually the motive for, for creating Scribeberry, uh, more to spend with family. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the... the the way I guess it lays out. <laughs> well, I mean, just the administrative burden, the charting, like it's a huge problem across the entire sector right now. Like people are spending a ridiculous amount of time, like after hours, it's cutting into their family time. Like this is, yeah. you know, if not number one, one of the top couple problems currently facing like physicians and medicine in general. Definitely. Um, I mean, I faced it firsthand, which is really like the motivation for, for starting a tool like Scribeberry. And I think just kind of being on that, that other side and having your day kind of be dictated by paperwork and charts. Um, I think that's a, yeah, that was a big motivator to kind of, um, yeah, launch something like this. So, so for the platform itself, for anybody who's never actually seen the product, uh, or for anybody who's never heard of these AI ambient scribes before, yeah, uh, I mean, I think these are like the coolest new thing in health tech. Like the first time I saw one of these platforms, probably like six months ago, it absolutely blew my mind. I was like, okay, yeah. the, the game has been changed. For um, sure. But essentially... It listens to your patient encounter, be it virtual through the phone, the computer, or you know, just in the room, you have it recording with a patient. And then it takes the whole thing, it transcribes it, uh, but yeah. then it actually processes it. So, you know, most people are familiar with Dragon, uh, you know, the old medical dictation software, things like that. You know, everyone's seen these before, seen them in hospitals, but this like adds that next level of artificial intelligence onto it. And it takes yeah. the whole transcription and turns it into an actual soap note or any variety of formats of notes. 
and outputs it directly. So you're not having to like go through and manually turn things into that format for your patient charts. I mean, how did I do on summing that up? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty good, pretty accurate. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, we we have the live scribe, but, you know, that's just one of our features. Um, so, uh, you know, with Scribeberry, um, I mean, that's that's definitely like probably the most popular feature, but it's it's not the only way to generate documentation. And so for us, it's like we really wanted, you know, the opportunity, the ability to, to really capture the physician's workflow however they want to generate notes. So whether that's dictation, whether they're working offline and, and wanting to upload audio files, kind of like old school dictaphone style, um, whether they just want to take scratch pad notes and turn those into any, you know, um, documents at the end. Um, and then we have features where you could chain notes into each other. And so if you generate a soap note, you can take that soap note and turn it into a letter um, or into a patient handout. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the journey and, and definitely like the biggest challenge, you know, has been educating docs on that. I mean, we've seen the same thing just dealing with Cherry, right, in our business. That's like the yeah. primary bottleneck is just how do you actually get in front of doctors? Like there's so yeah. much incredible tech. And I mean, this is a prime example, right, with Scribeberry, right? And it's just such a closed off community. And it's very difficult yeah, to sure. actually get that word out there. Yeah. I think once docs like see it, probably with Cherry too, like once they, they see the value and, and you're in front of them, um, it's almost instant, right? They're like, whoa, this is amazing. But actually getting in front of doctors is hard. Uh, and then uh, just the education piece as well. Uh, I think a lot of us are so used to how we work that sometimes changing that, even if we're the better, can be a bit challenging, right? So. Yeah. yeah, once you get there, though, it's a no-brainer. Like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. Revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I've been using it personally, you know, for my own patients this last, like, month or so here. I'm really enjoying the Scribeberry platform. Uh, nice. Personally, I've been using it for, like, the, the ambient scribe and the summary notes. What else can it do? You mentioned the dictation side of things. I saw there's something else, the, the ADA or something. What did that refer to? Yeah, yeah. So we just launched uh, ADA. Um, so we, in terms of, of feature set, I mean, we have so many features. Um, it's hard to really, like, summarize into to one uh, concise blurb. But you can essentially do literally anything. I'll start with ADA. Um, so ADA is kind of this autonomous assistant that we launched. You can kind of think of it like a pre-triage kind of assistant. And so how it works is, um, you know, the clinician can can actually launch uh, this and send it to their patient. And ADA will actually collect a history from the patient um, and, you know, bring it back to Scribeberry and have the note ready, the HPI ready before the physician even walks into the room. So in practice, how, how docs have been using this is, you know, they'll get ADA um, to talk to the patient, um, either when the patient initially books in um, or, you know, in a family practice, for example, while they're seeing one patient and you have like three patients waiting in, in the other rooms, um, ADA can, can at least, you know, get that history beforehand before you walk in. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's a huge time saver and it just kind of adds that extra layer of, of kind of AI scribe, I guess, to, to scribe berry. So, 
Yeah. How do you actually interface it with the patient? Is this something you email them ahead of time and they can do remotely? Or you said even in the clinic, you can give the patient yeah. access like to the computer or to an iPad or something with it running on there? Yeah, exactly. So it's either or. Um, so you can either send them a link. Um, mm -hmm. They can either scan a QR code in the clinic or um, if you have it open on a separate device, you could just launch it and, and hand that device over. So we have uh, clinics using it all sorts of different ways. Um, and with it, we're adding, you know, in the next week or so, the feature to be able to customize that experience as well. So either add medical context to that discussion before it happens, or even add the ability to for, for the doc to add their own questions. Like we've had some psychiatrists who want to ask like a GAD7 or a PHQ9 in addition to like taking the history. Um, so that's kind of where we're, we're at with that. But it's been hugely popular so far. Yeah. Very cool. And so you can sort of set up a custom journey, different intake questions. How does the patient interface with it? Text-based or it's all uh, audio? No, it's uh, it's uh, legitimately like speaking with uh, with an actual, um, you know, uh, pre-triage assistant, essentially. And um, yeah, it would just launch. And the first line is, hey, my name is Ada. You know, feel free to talk to me like you would an actual human. What brings you in today? Um, and then based on what you say, it'll kind of adapt. Um, and I mean, we've tested this extensively and thoroughly, but you can try and trick it as much as you'd like, but it won't get tricked. So if, if you start saying, you know, I have a headache and you're like, actually, I lied, I have allergies, you know, it'll actually recognize that and, and switch gears um, and uh, not judge you for it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. No doubt. Well, and so if anybody who hasn't seen it again, you know, this is a platform that runs in your web browser. So just, you know, within yeah. Chrome, you pull up the platform. You don't really need any like special downloads or any software running on your computer. Is there an app or is it all web browser based? Yeah. You can do it on your phone or your computer or wherever. Yeah, we don't have a dedicated app yet. You know, that's being built out right now. Um, so it's coming. Um, and that's just based on user feedback. You know, they'd prefer to have that, but you can run the web browser in your on your phone as well. Um, some devices I mean, we can't control. You know, every device, most devices, it works really well with um, mobile wise. And then some devices or some docs who, you know, their phone auto shuts off because their battery settings. Um, uh, in some cases, we actually have the ability for the doc to then maybe record offline and bring the file in. Uh, you know, assuming they can do that in a privacy compliant way. Um, so that option is there as well. Um, and so, yeah, we've just kind of left it open for now and kept it simple with the web app. So, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Okay. And how did you get started on this anyways? I mean, that's a pretty big pivot career-wise going from yeah. medicine into AI and tech. Like, how did you even make that jump? Yeah, I think so. I mean... In terms of like me personally, for, first off, um, I mean, I've always had an interest in, in tech in general. Um, so, so from a young age, you know, that's kind of been there. And then specifically with Scribeberry, I think, um, so I had my own family practice in Spruce Grove. Um, so this was um, through COVID, you know, um, and 1,800 patients. So it was 
really large and I was burning out and I realized not because of, of the actual work, like the work was fairly enjoyable, but it was more the other stuff, you know, the administrative stuff, the notes, the tasks, the insurance forms, the disability letters. And so, you know, there has to be a way. <laughs> um, and so that kind of launched the initial idea of Scribebearing. Um, I ended up creating like a no-code version of Scribe, a really primitive version. Um, you know, I couldn't put PHI in there. It was very like primitive, not really privacy compliant at that point. And then um, I was using it personally and I approached one of my friends, my co-founder now, Amon, um, and he's a, he's a software developer. Uh, we've been friends for forever. We play soccer together. We're like, hey, let's actually build this out and see what happens, and and that's kind of how how it started. So, yeah. And what was the initial version? I remember seeing it on Facebook for the first time, like right around when Chat GPT like three and yeah. a half launched. Is it is it OpenAI and Microsoft sort of as the back end? Yeah, so we use a combination of different things. So we use Microsoft Azure, um, so a, a hosted kind of model on our own. Uh, private kind of server um, that's location dependent on where the um, physician logs in from. Um, so if they log in from Canada, you know, our, our backend server is Canadian. If they log in from the States, um, you know, it's through the States. And then uh, we use a combination of different LLMs and we have a number of rules set up based on use case and privacy and a whole kind of whack load of different rules uh, depending on, on those things to kind of figure out which LLM to use and what specific kind of training parameters to use with that. So yeah, it's a bit jumbled up to be honest. Yeah. So it's not like one LLM powering the whole thing. Like it sounds like it changes model depending, is it maybe on the use case and which template yeah. you're using, you know, which field of medicine you're in or how does it actually change that on the fly? What makes that decision? Yeah. So um, it depends on a number of factors. One, where you log in from, right? So uh, region wise, um, which LLM we hit, uh, it depends on which template you use. It depends on the length of conversation. It depends on, on um, just kind of, um, um, yeah, customization of, of the user's templates. Um, so if they have certain kind of things that they want in their own templates, um, then um, we can kind of gate the LLM in a certain direction. Um, so yeah, it's, it just kind of varies based on, on those specific factors. And um, dare I ask, how, how does a LLM actually work? I don't know if you know a whole lot about what's in the hot dog and how the like yeah. AI actually works behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, in general, um, the best way to sum it up is the LLM will predict um, the next word in a sequence, right? Um, so based on kind of, based on the tech, essentially what it's doing is it's taking into account whatever information that's being fed um, and it's giving you the most probable kind of answer. So um if you ask it to, hey, create a note using this context and you provided this context and you say, put it in soap note format, it'll predict like, okay, what's, you know, in the subjective section, what's the most likely next word supposed to be? And then it will populate that, that based on the highest probability. Uh, so, it's, so then it's just kind of, you know, constantly doing that. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's kind of a more, I guess, uh, a more easy way to kind of understand it, I guess. This show is brought to you by Cherry Health, Canada's medical network where healthcare practitioners connect. Physicians, pharmacists, nurses, chiropractors, and all other healthcare professionals can sign up for free, start connecting, messaging with colleagues, or checking out job opportunities posted by thousands of employers across Canada. With dozens of healthcare-specific job filters and search options, we make it easy to advance your career, find your dream job, or line up your next locum with hundreds of new jobs posted every week. www.cherry.health to get connected today. It's literally just guesses at the next word. It doesn't really understand medicine or things like that. It just is based on previous conversations it read and data it was fed, assumes yeah. what the next output would be. But but you have to understand too, like LLMs in general, at least like high quality large language models, um, they're essentially trained on like more data than anyone can ever read in their entire life, right? Like um like literally the entire internet so you know you're kind of taking an unlimited amount of knowledge and kind of putting it into one of these things and then further from our end anyways further training it and get kind of augmenting it um so yeah that that's kind of what really drives that predictive sequence with such accuracy right and then do you know in terms of like how it actually runs like Google or Microsoft, you know, they have their giant super compute complexes that I think build the LLM, but then it's like its own little separate thing that can now run on a normal server or does it still need to run on a giant like cloud compute server rack or where, where does Scribeberry actually run off of then? Yeah, so I, I mean, we we are Microsoft for Startups partner, um, so we use Azure for all of our backend um, stuff essentially. And so I mean, we have uh, GPUs running and and a backend setup. Um, in terms of how large, I mean, honestly, I'm not not too sure. Like, if Aman would be a better person to ask on the tech side, um, but I mean, financially, it's quite a hefty hit. So <laughs> I'll tell you that, but. Uh, yeah, we've been fortunate. We've had the Microsoft for Startups kind of credit and, uh, and you know, essentially funding, uh, which has uh, which has really helped us out. So, yeah, well, that's awesome. Thank you, Microsoft, for subsidizing yeah. Canadian healthcare here. Exactly. Exactly. Great Shout deal out. for all the physicians <laughs> thinking about signing up. Yeah. Exactly. And then, okay, so you had the first version, scrapped it together, just sort of proof of concept, MVP, didn't put any like patient health information in it beyond just, I would imagine, the, the transcription of the call. How did you no, it, take that? It, and... Yeah, so that initial version didn't even have a live scribe in it, um, which is which is actually, you know, alludes to my first point. Like we're not, we didn't actually launch as a live scribe, like that was just one feature. Um, mm, what gotcha. it did, and it was actually hugely popular was, you could input any small commands. Like you could just say, um, you know, uh, write toenail extraction and it'll give you like a full templated out note for that. Or you could kind of just mention, you know, um, scratch pad like notes, like, hey, today I saw this patient with this complaint and it would turn it into a note for you. So we didn't even have the live scribe feature when we launched. It was just more that, you know, GPT style natural language uh, 
note creation, essentially. Very cool. Okay, and then this is what it's turned into now with the extra AI pieces on top of that, turning out the patient handouts. Very, very mm -hmm. cool. How many doctors have actually used the platform at this point? Yeah, um, so last I checked, we're over 9,000. Um, Holy. I, I could share my analytics screen too. I don't know if you want to see it. Um, <laughs> I'll trust you if you want to pull it out. Yeah. Go for it. That's um, an incredible amount of growth in that period of time. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We've, um, I mean, we've been hugely popular, and we haven't honestly done a lot of like you know traditional marketing in terms of Facebook and you know Google Ads and whatnot. We have dabbled in it a bit, but it's mostly been a lot of outreach from our end. Um, uh, Facebook, you know, has been huge, and word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a combination of those things. And then as it spread, we've started spreading to the U.S. Um, and so that's probably around 20% or so, 20, 30% of our user base. And then um, other odd countries as well. Um, I think last I checked, third place was the Czech Republic, which honestly we haven't targeted at all. So I don't know where that's coming from. But yeah, it's been, it's been kind of taking off in, in random directions. So. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't think of the last time anybody got nine thousand doctors to do anything. Yeah, and and I think one of the reasons too is like uh, we're multi-language, right? So you can have conversations in any language, um, and you can have the note generate in any language if you'd like as well. Um, so I think that's kind of added to the appeal, especially in in, in Quebec and especially in kind of Europe as well, like some some other countries. So. With a platform like this, you mentioned a little bit about the privacy and the security side of things. What what goes into it behind the scenes to ensure that, that patient data remains in place yeah. and untampered with? Of course. So, I mean, that's kind of really the foundation of, of Scribeberry in terms of, you know, what what really is sets it apart because anyone could go to ChatGPT, uh, not recommended, right, and start putting in data. Um but yeah, on the privacy side, um, so we actually uh, hired a privacy auditor initially. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I could walk you through the data journey if you'd like, but um, we essentially have strong kind of third-party agreements with any vendors we use uh, to protect health information. Everything is kind of siloed off, um, encrypted end-to-end. -end. We actually can't see any notes or, or any of that data. Um, and um, everything is kind of, at the end of the day, controlled by the user or the doc using Scribeberry. So as soon as they delete a note, you know, it's gone forever. Um, and uh, we leave that, you know, in their hands and then just have a number of stringent protocols on our end to kind of um, protect that as well. Um, so, yeah, um, I mean, I'm happy to kind of go through the entire sort of process, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. And then we have specific again rules and regulations depending on where people log in from like for example in quebec and, and bc you know are a bit stricter um in, in terms of their uh, privacy in quebec you know obviously near legislation as well uh so we constantly review that and kind of make changes to those rule sets which llms are used um, where the data is, is housed and how it's housed and just depending on all those various factors so 
Yeah. No, great summary. And okay, so you started out, you had your own first version, and then you partnered up with your co-founder. How did you take it to that next step and actually get to the point of being like a commercially viable product? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, um, so on the privacy note too, uh, just as before I move on, so we're actually in the next few weeks, we're going to be launching like an entire privacy and trust platform um, where docs or, or any large organizations can actually just go to our website and download all of our documentation and um, essentially uh, review all the various protocols that we take and, and how data is kind of stored. But yeah, back to the question. So um, we started off uh, just free, you know, we're like, hey, let's just test it out and see what adoption is like. And then very early on, like within a week or two, we're like, okay, we should we should monetize this. <laughs> Quick signal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, this is nuts. Uh, we had server capacity issues um, just right off the bat. And so, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a natural decision, right? Like, okay, we've obviously had something of value here. Um, and initially, I mean, our price was all over the place. We started with like 39 bucks a month. And then very quickly, we're like, okay, we got to up this. And then we went like to 149, which kind of slowed things down. Um, and then we kind of brought it back. So yeah, it's just kind of playing around with that a bit. A discount code you want to shout out for anybody listening? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you go in and type in uh, never chart again, um, just all one word when you subscribe, uh, it'll actually discount your subscription 20%. So 79 bucks a month and or 7.99 a year. And um, we don't have any tiered pricing or any complicated stuff like that. Like it's just straight up, uh, you pay and you get everything. Today's episode was sponsored by Fomaderm. Fomaderm is an advanced compounding base for topical drug delivery, proudly developed by researchers right here in Alberta. Unleash the power of topical diclofenac with Fomaderm's nanotechnology to improve skin delivery, ensuring precision and efficiency. The non-greasy water-based foam formulation is preferred by patients and lets you use significantly lower concentrations of diclofenac to reduce skin irritation and side effects. Elevate your patient care with Fomaderm. Visit www.rstherapeutics.com today to receive some free samples. So, um, nice. Okay, there you yeah. go. All right, a little nugget for anybody listening here. Um, and then how many people are actually working on it at this point? Yeah, so uh, it's uh, me, Amon, and um, uh, we have uh, a dev. Um, shout out to Ben. Um, so... Uh, to be honest, it's us three, and um, because I mean that's been one of our strengths um, in, in terms of scaling and feature development growth. Um, we don't have any investors, uh, so fully self-funded, bootstrapped, and we've purposefully kept it that way so far, despite a lot of interest. And, and the reason is just we want that full autonomy, the ability to pivot and change however we'd like, and, and just scale and, and grow. So, yeah. Not having to deal with the influence of a board. No, that's incredible. Honestly, like if you can bootstrap it, like that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I know like a lot of other scribe companies uh, are going down that route. And I mean, they're good tools. They'll probably be successful with that as well. But yeah, we just chose a different path. <laughs> yeah, no, different way awesome. of doing it. So. What's been the, the hardest parts to overcome so far, the biggest business challenges now in this AI space, which is relatively new to the medical world? Yeah, 
I think first is um, definitely the marketing side, right? Like even for us, we're, we're kind of learning as we go. Um, so that, that's been a huge challenge. Docs are very private and personal as well. So reaching out is often hard. Um, that's number one. Um, number two on the tech side. So feature development, I, th I think would be one um, and just keeping up with that. And we have so many ideas and so many new things coming coming out, like whether it's integration, whether it's more, um, yeah, just building out features. Like we're, we're going to add in like PDF scanning and OCR kind of text as well. Um, and then the second kind of big thing has been like just responding to feedback and, and building out and fixing our platform. Um, so for example, initially when we launched, um, you could only do like up to an hour and a half of, of conversation at Scribeberry. Um, and now, you know, we, we opened it up uh, within those first few weeks when, when we got this feedback to about seven and a half hours. And so um, like, as it, that's just one example of something that, you know, we had to fix pretty quickly. So yeah, it's just those small things as we've kind of grown. To making the adaptations on the fly. No, that's fantastic. You know, being like adaptable and quick and nimble like that. Yeah. And, and that's the benefit of it, right? Like yesterday you messaged me like, Hey, does it work with zoom? And then, you know, I spent a few hours and, and then we fixed it. And now we'll probably just post a blog about it and be like, Hey, you know, and it took like less than 24 hours. There's no board involved. There's, there's nothing like, it's just us. We can do these things really quick and kind of move. Right. So this might be the best tech support customer service I think I've ever experienced. Yeah. And and on that, we have a 24 hour uh, live person, you know, who, who responds to any docs. So uh, in our app, you can just click need help and then you'll actually talk to a person instantly. Um, so that's something as well. Um, yeah. It's all, it's all been about like speed and, and convenience for the user. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get any resistance or hesitation? You know, you talk to somebody and they're like, okay, I don't know if I'm ready for this yet. This sounds a little bit crazy. What, what do you say? Oh, yeah. Um, all, all the time, <laughs> I think. Like, um, I mean, I think, you know, you kind of have to realize like, okay, the product's not for everyone, right? Even though like, like I see it that value, be. maybe it they should don't. be though. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're not pushy, you know, we, we say, hey, try it out. Here's a demo. Here's how it works. At the end of the day, you know, if you want to go with a competitor, do that. If you don't want to use a scribe, don't. Um, a lot of the hesitancy has been around privacy, you know, understandably. And so, um, hence why I think like, you know, in demos, being able to explain that face-to-face -face really helps. Um, but now, you know, just launching kind of a new kind of initiative where we'll actually make all our HIPAA you know, controls available and, and have that kind of trust and, and safety there as well. Just publicly visible, anyone can access it anytime. I think that'll help as well. So, yeah, yeah. The, being a little bit more aware of all the privacy and everything that's gone on to like maintain that data security might make people a little more comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just given the explosive viral growth of the platform, have you guys ever thought of like having a referral program? Like each, you get send it to a friend and you both get a month for free, throw some fuel yeah. on that fire. So, so we have a, an, actually a, a really good referral program. Um, um, I don't know if everyone knows about it, to be honest, like we sent out an email. Um, and so any Scriber users are listening. Uh, if you refer a friend, um, uh, they'll get, 
uh, that 20% off discount. And then however many people you refer, you get 10% off recurrently. So if you, if you refer 10 people and they sign up, essentially Scribery would be free for you for life until you cancel. So, um, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good incentive. We feel. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, awesome. That's probably been a huge factor right on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Try to think changing the world one bit at a time here, helping the physicians with that admin burden get home to their kids faster. I mean, anything else you think people should know just about the new AI scribe tech coming out? Yeah, you know, like we 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 talk about like the benefit to docs, um, but I think the other side is the benefit to patients. Like we've had a lot of patients reach out and say they actually really genuinely are are happy with this because one they can you know, spend more face-to-face -face time with the doc. Two, they understand their visits better. Um, and and I think it's been kind of a huge help in that way as well. So just another angle to kind of think about it from. Oh, absolutely. Like I personally, you know, was always guilty of being a typer during the patient encounter, right? And it just lets you be that much more present, paying that much more attention, that much more focus. So I imagine from the patient experience perspective, you know, this goes a long way to actually improving that physician-patient relationship. Yeah, we hope so. Like, so in terms of research, um, we've paired with a few different groups, um, some residents as well to kind of um, validate what we've seen internally. Um, so that's in the works to kind of actually put out that you know high high quality evidence but just subjectively in terms of surveys um patients love it doctors love it you know saving an hour to two a day uh yeah 50 to 80 percent you know documentation kind of burden you know reduction and kind of time spent there and so it's been it's been pretty good so far yeah no doubt yeah, you must be like pretty proud of yourself in terms of just that systemic impact. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's an amazing tool. Yeah, I appreciate it. We try, <laughs> try our best. Um, yeah. This is exactly the kind of stuff that the Canadian healthcare system needs, right? Like it's just such a big blind spot in terms of workflows for physicians. And it really does solve a huge problem. Like, again, I can't speak highly enough of it as having used it personally. Like it really does revamp your workflow and just make things so much simpler. So I thank you to you and the team for getting on top yeah. of it and bringing this out there. Yeah, no, um, I mean, thanks for using it. And if you have any feedback at all, you know, just hit up the live person or email us or, or let me know too. Um, is there anything like you wish like it had or, you know, anything that you've kind of noticed or? So far, not really. I mean, like the fact that you can custom tailor everything that you're doing afterwards, like you can feedback in a prompt and it knows the entire you know, patient encounter history, and then it goes back and reformats it however you want, or it like expands on a section if you thought it was a little bit light on detail in one area, or it'll add in a new section. I mean, that pretty much covers most of it. Can you set up your own template? Like, can you have that in yeah. there? Yeah, you can. Um, so you can essentially set up um, your own your own style. Like, I have one for for Hello Mental Health, actually, you know, that, um, uh, you know, if I put in kind of one or two words, it'll generate out an entire template. So, um, 
you can you can set it up however you'd like essentially um that's the one thing i haven't done yet so i've been going yeah. back and telling it to modify it so i'll just have to like incorporate so he's already yeah. got the answer for but the, but you know that's challenge. that's that's on purpose right so some docs are, are like hey we want to set this up beforehand and they're really specific uh some docs are like hey i want it really accurate i want everything bullet point form like don't hallucinate at all and other docs are like like when we made the change actually to our default you know soap note to, to make it more accurate some docs got mad. They're like, hey, you know, before it was giving me, you know, these hallucinations. And, and sometimes they were kind of helpful, you know. Um, so what we did is just, it's up to the doc. You know, if they want their note super accurate, they could have it that way. If they want their note to expand and, and kind of, they want to go in and talk back to it with natural language or manually edit it, they can. Um, and so we, we've kept it open again, just with the doc in mind to be able to customize it however they'd like. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Okay, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Hello Mental Health side of things and just the, the virtual care platform you guys launched? Because that's been around for you know, predating Scribeberry even. Yeah. So, I mean, similar motivations, you know, I, I think, um, one, uh, I, I've always had an interest in mental health. So electives and, and residency were kind of mental health heavy. Um, and, you know, psychotherapy, counseling, um, I've always enjoyed that. So I think that's number one. Like I genuinely enjoy mental health work. Um, and so uh, kind of how it started was, you know, when, when I had my family practice, I, I always noticed there's a gap. And I'm sure you've noticed that as well, like just in terms of that counseling psychotherapy piece. Um, and so it was around the time of the pandemic. Uh, you know, I obviously had this patient panel and I had young kids at home. Um, I think my son at that time was, was really young, uh, no vaccines. And I was like, I got to do something, you know, um, I don't want to bring COVID home. And so hence the pivot to kind of hello mental health and, and a virtual mental health platform. So it's kind of a combination of kind of circumstances and, um, and the right, right timing, I guess. And then also just an interest that kind of pushed, pushed me to launch this, um, with my wife. So my wife and I, Sheila, as, as you've met her, um, she pretty much is the boss really. Um, and we kind of started this, uh, around the pandemic and, and it's been going well. Yeah. How many patients have you guys seen so far come through the platform? I have no idea. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> don't know. Yeah. Many. Um, so we always try and keep our wait list like to about you know, a month, uh, lately we're kind of at three to four months. Um, it, it's, it's hard. And, you know, I think the, the rate limiting step is actually finding, um, doctors with training or special interest or, or just, you know, the willingness to kind of learn, um, uh, about mental health therapy, whether it's CBT, DBT, et cetera. Um, and then most docs, you know, who, who work for us, like just do a few hours a week or a few hours a month. <clears throat> or they take on locums. Um, nobody really wants to dedicate, um, except maybe for you and I, <laughs> like a, a larger chunk of time uh, to it, uh, because for some, you know, mental health work can be quite exhausting emotionally. So, yeah. It, incredible platform, though, solves a huge need. Like, I imagine <laughs> the demand from the patient side is virtually infinite, like just especially the last few years, post-COVID mental health has been one of the biggest concerns facing like the entire population and as you know from having a family practice like a huge chunk of people just can't afford 
counseling, mm-hmm. like psychologists, it's, it's all privately paid. So many people don't have funding or don't have access through a plan through work. And so that's one of yeah. the like great things about the platform working with physicians. It's, it's covered by your Alberta healthcare insurance plan. So it really opens things up for all those patients who otherwise couldn't have had any counseling. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think like, I mean, the two biggest kind of populations we serve are one are going to be rural patients who literally have no access to, to any mental health services unless they have like a PCN. That, and then even then, sometimes it's just very variable. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, people who, who have been to a psychologist and can no longer afford any therapy and just need some counseling, right? Um, so we kind of fill that niche and, and fill that void um, and provide that service to, to patients. So. So what does a doctor need to know to get started? Obviously, you know, you don't have a four-year psychology degree, but having yeah. that special interest, having done like some weekend courses in CBT, what's sort of that barrier to entry or what's that minimum? So, I mean, first, we don't claim to be psychologists. I think that's really key, right? Like, um, so, you know, in, in the screening interview, we'll, we'll often mention, you know, this is a service provided by doctors. Um, and so, um, in terms of, of barriers to entry, it depends really what we do is doctor to doctor, you know, one assess, like, do you have any previous training? If not, we provide kind of program that they can actually go through. Um, and uh, it's very similar to kind of the residency teaching that I do um, on like mental health counseling and, and therapy. So we go through different modalities, you know, so CBT, DBT, a lot of trauma focused kind of uh, therapy modalities, ADHD, behavioral modification style stuff. Um, yeah, self-esteem work. Um, and so just to get a broad overview and more like specific details on like, you know, what do I need to know? Um, what's the foundational model behind this, the evidence behind it, how does it work and how do you practically actually do some of these things? Um, and then from there, you know, if the doc doesn't feel ready, they could kind of shadow myself or, or someone who has more experience and just get a better feel for it. Um, and then if they, you know, then feel comfortable or don't feel comfortable, we would, we would start really slow, right? So one patient, you know, after the visit, maybe debrief a bit. So, I mean, it depends. And some docs are just ready to go like, Hey, let's just, let's just go for it. Like, like you. <laughs> so Oh, you can yeah, kind of, the, the nice thing about it is you can pick like a specific vertical or, you know, like I only want to see patients dealing with ADHD or something that makes it a little easier to kind of get your foot in the door and feel comfortable. Like you don't have to f- have the entire breadth of your psychology experience and wisdom, right? But you can kind of grow your skills and expand that skill set over over weeks and months and years even depending how far down that rabbit hole and how far down there you want to go and develop your skills as a therapist yeah so we've had docs who just start out with you know um cbt like okay um because i mean that's what we get the most training on um if any and then um from there you know they've kind of expanded out like okay i could pick up like maybe a bit more like self-esteem focused stuff okay let's maybe do a bit more adhd um so it it just kind of depends again yeah but we're we're pretty flexible i mean um we try our best to help out if any ducks need any help at all but most people most people have been pretty comfortable most of our docs so it's been going well 
Yeah. And so, yeah, personally, my experience uh, seeing patients through Hello Mental Health has been fantastic. If anybody out there is listening and interested, I'm assuming you guys are still hiring and looking for more. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Always. I mean, our wait list, uh, we don't like to see it grow, to be honest. Um, but yeah. If anyone's listening, it's fully virtual and 12% overhead. So, <laughs> um, probably the best deal you know, you'd get, but um, definitely, definitely contact us. Flexible hours. You can wear sweatpants, yeah. do it from home. It's a good time. Exactly. Exactly. No labs, no tasks. Yeah. Where do they find you? What's your website? Yeah, just hellomentalhealth.ca. Uh, or you could email us hello at hellomentalhealth.ca. There's a lot of hellos in there, but um, yeah, just reach out any which way or through Cherry to be honest. So you guys can, can find us <laughs> on there. Cherry. Yeah. Maybe not, not now. Cause I have to renew my subscription. But, yeah. Awesome. Well, Dr. Malo, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you have any final thoughts, feel free to throw them in there, but otherwise, uh, thank you so much. It's been fantastic. I really appreciate getting your insights and, you know, love just talking with other movers and shakers in the industry. So thank you for, you know, really pushing and, moving the Canadian healthcare system forward. Appreciate it as a user yeah. of both platforms that you've been working on. Yeah, genuinely yeah, really sure. like both of them. So thank you. Yeah. No, thanks. Thanks so much for like taking the time and, and actually sitting down and chatting with me as well. Um, yeah, no final thoughts. I mean, just anyone can try Scriberry. So you know, if anyone wants to just go scriberry.com and, and it's literally two clicks and you can get your free trial and check it out. Um, and um yeah happy to answer any questions if anyone you know ever needs to reach out so i'm pretty accessible as well so yeah awesome okay thank you again awesome all right take care jordan <laughs>